Welcome to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello, and welcome to Masonian Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear stories of women in the food industry. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Good morning. Hey, everybody. So, Sarah, hey, hey. you have had the craziest week. I don't know. Yours was pretty crazy, too. <laughs> we did a lot of cool things. It's kind of a bummer sometimes that we can't do all of them together. I know. But we, we also get to learn about all these things that are happening around. Yeah. So you got to go to TMKA Creamery. Yeah. And oh. try the cow vodka. Yes, I did. Can you tell me about it? So cow vodka is it's calcoholic. Calcoholic. <laughs> I love all their cow puns. And I actually had my picture taken with a cow celebrity. Yeah, the cow celebrity. <laughs> Which one was your favorite? Uh, the one they brought out was beautifully groomed. I mean, oh, she yeah. was, she's going to have a baby like um, in a month. So she was, they call that being dry. Oh. So she's dry right now and she's almost going to have her calf. <laughs> so that was cool. But the vodka itself, man, that was really yummy. I was, was surprised. It actually had a little bit of a, like a, fr- uh, what I would call a fruity note to it. And Paul Hughes, who's our pr- a resident professor of distilling at OSU, was actually there. And he and I were talking about it. And he said that that's actually coming from the way. That's so, so cool. So you. You um, you should try and get some. It'll be out soon. Yes. And I think if you go on their website, you can sign up to get on the email list. I was hoping you were going to bring some back and we could have some No, dude, I tastes. thought maybe I would get a bottle, <laughs> but they weren't selling it. They weren't giving it out. It was, nope. just, it was just like taste Celebration this. Day, Taste yeah. Day on National Vodka Day. That's yeah. so cool. They I'm, did give me a piece of cheese, though. When awesome. I yeah. I'm so glad you got to go. Yeah, it was fun. And the other thing that you did, I didn't know anything about, but it's called the Geek Wire Summit. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? So there's a magazine out there called Geek Wired, and there were a lot of geeks there. That I are love geeks. Like, They're my favorite people in the I whole world. I actually took a photograph of two geeks. They both had bald, shaved heads, and they were sitting by a window in a mad discussion over their computers about something super important. Mm-hmm. But John, the gentleman who actually, there's a... John, I don't remember his last name, but John is the guy who's the editor of the magazine, and he sets up an annual conference or summit and just has panel after panel and discussion and all of these things about innovation and the future. And one of the panels was the future of food, and I was on that panel. 
And were you, I saw that you were sitting up there. Were you with Tom Douglas? Yeah. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, actually, if you look it up, there's a funny thing on there. I said to them, I'm like, hey, have any of you had any experience with edible packaging? And he he went like, duh, <laughs> hamburger buns. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a fun, nice guy, and he loves, like, supporting everyone locally. And we're included in that localness, even though it's Seattle. There's never usually, like, Seattle-Portland beef. You know, we all kind of, like, love each other yeah. and are part of the Pacific Northwest. But he always has this cookbook social every year. Where he invites cookbook authors up and he makes all this food and you bring like a dish from your book. And he just does it out of the kindness of his heart to support all of us local authors, which is really cool. He's an icon for sure. I mean, his his body, his presence, he's so like commanding. Mm -hmm. And you just know that he has so much good faith and everything in his head to help people with food. Yeah, it's really awesome. I'm glad that you got to spend some time with him. Yeah. he is commanding, but in a way that's like he speaks and people do it and it works out. You I know. know. <laughs> he, he totally, he was like, he came up on the stage, he like had shorts on mm-hmm. and a puffy, you know, vest. <laughs> and he looked so Seattle. He d- dressed up for the occasion. Like, he was sitting next to <laughs> the, this gear. other fellow named Chris from Zoomian. And he, that guy was like dressed to the nines in his super fancy suit. Mm-hmm. And then we had... Um, our chef, and then we had another gal, Christy, who's starting a company that makes um, vegan chicken nuggets. Oh, cool. So I asked her what came first, the fake chicken or the fake egg? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fun. That's so good. That's a yeah. super cool event. I'll have to check it out because it yeah. seems like it was a really fun one for I you. I mean, I hope that they're going to do more crossovers with food. Mm-hmm. And I got to eat lunch with John, and I was like, John, we really need to get out of our silos and work together on innovation because they have all the innovation um, happening through uh, computers and telephones. I think it's a good combo to have the food industry and the tech industry come together because they do have generally a lot more money. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) afterwards, like, on LinkedIn, all of these, like, money people are, like, connecting with me on LinkedIn. Like, one guy from Morgan Stanley is like, I'd really like to stay connected with you. I'm like, "Uh, okay. I don't know anything (laughs) about it, but you can connect on LinkedIn. That's so cool. Now, you were at an event up at the mountain called... Wild About Game? I was up at Wild About Game. It's one of my favorite events that I do every year. Mm -hmm. So um, Wild About Game is put on by Nikki USA, and they um, are a meat distributor. And so they're very supportive of, you know, organ, agriculture, and industry. But they um, are probably who supplies the meat to most of the restaurants that Mm -hmm. you would go to here in Portland. Um, But they, so they put on this event. It's very small, but it happens to be in my hometown. Oh, which is really cool. Yeah, in Welch's. So they do it at what's now called uh, Mount Hood Resort. It used to be the resort at the mountain when I lived up there. So they invite all of these chefs and industry people to have this um, battle of meat. And so Mm. they have Portland chefs and Seattle chefs um, battle for judges. And Mm. so then the people that attend the event, judges, and um, and then they have judges that they bring in. And um, I get to make a special sauce for the event every year. Mm. So I get partnered up with the chef to make something. And the reason I think it's so cool is that 
for this one moment, I only make it for the one day, I get to make something really special for that time and place. Mm -hmm. And so it just feels like really cool. Like it is this celebration that can only happen right there. I only make it that one day. In those moments. In those moments, we make something special. I was paired up with um, Eric from a food cart here in town that he has called MF Tasty. And he made uh, bison tartare nachos. And then I made a sauce that had uh, coriander and green peppercorn infused vinegar. Sarah has a big smile on her face. It was so exciting and so fun. And so the um, sauce like numbs your mouth just for a moment. Can people buy that or is it like you had to be there? You had to be there. So we always bring it. Well, I will have some at the farmer's market on um, (gasps) tomorrow, on Saturday. I had some leftover because I made a lot. I wasn't sure how many people were going to be there. So um, I will have a few bottles at the market if anybody wants to even just come and try it out. Um, Come get your mouth numbed by me and Derek at the market. (laughs) 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 But yeah, and so it was really fun and cool. And it's if, if you live here or you are thinking of traveling here it's a neat event to come and be part of you can anybody can buy tickets and they sell them every year also giving back to your hometown you did a talk with a bunch of ladies I did so um, I was asked to speak to the Hoodland Women's Society the Hoodland yes and it was 40 women and you know the town is very small just a few thousand people are there and so um, they asked me to come talk to the women so there was 40 women which is like a big amount. That is a lot. And I just told them about my business and what I do and how I ended up there and how my start in food was kind of up in that community working for all these restaurants. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I started working at Timberline when I was 14. So I was around the food and beverage industry all through my time of living up there. So I um, just wanted felt like that was really important to how I ended up in this world. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah. I was telling Sarah earlier they should have like a plaque in the gymnasium there at the high school <laughs> with her name on it. <laughs> Food superstar. That would be cool. <laughs> Welch is grade school. If you want me to come talk to the kids, I love. I would love oh, to. <laughs> that would be fun. It would be. I mean, I think it's just important for people to know that they can kind of end up anywhere, and it doesn't. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that this is Dream where big. I was going to end up, but mm-hmm. um, but it's cool that I it's did. Really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks for catching us up. On yeah, the that we was did exciting. That was um, a lot. So we did a lot of things this week, which is super cool. Yeah. So for food news today, uh, I got a press release from Elsie, one of our past guests. Nice. So Elsie El- Dinville of uh, Creole Me Up. So Elsie would like to announce a cooking class that she's holding, and it's a really cool cooking class for New Year's Eve. What? So she is going to do it. So you're actually doing it over the New Year. So you come in in the evening and work through midnight and you make um, what's called freedom soup and it's a pumpkin soup to celebrate ha- uh, Haitian independence and then she's going to teach Whoa. everybody about Haiti and about why they make this soup every year and you're going to make it together and then anything that's left over goes to the rescue mission Whoa! so it's really cool you can learn stuff you can eat delicious soup you can hang out with Elsie who's super fun and she then you're is. supporting a good cause I bet she'll have other yummy food there as well yeah I think it's going to be really fun so she if you go on Elsie's website, Creole Me Up, you can get tickets there. It's just creolmeup.com. So check it out and go hang out with Elsie for the new year. Hmm. And then this is not food news, but 
I would like to wish my mom happy birthday. <laughs> it's your mom's birthday. It's my mom's birthday, happy and I know birthday she's listening to mm-hmm. you. She's one of our biggest fans. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. <laughs> so, if you are a food entrepreneur and you have a press release for us to announce, you can submit those to startupradionetwork.com. We'll help you spread the word about your food events, new products, awards, anything you would like us to talk about. And we are not alone in the studio today. We have a special guest. We have a very special guest, Chen Den of Pure Powder. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you again. It's so nice to have Chen with us. So Chen, usually I start out by having people talk about their social media handles and how to find them, but you are a mysterious woman. She (laughs) could talk about it. She's on LinkedIn. Okay. Tell us your LinkedIn profile. What is your LinkedIn? How do people find you there? Um, so, I mean, I only have LinkedIn profile as of my public profile right now, yeah. because like my private profile is like, I have Instagram, Facebook, but they're all like close friends and yes. uh, pri- more private. Um, so I'm a food scientist. So like, I mean, I don't, my own brand is basically my, um, basically my career. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and LinkedIn, I... I mean, you know, if you look at people's LinkedIn, sometimes they put their title there. Yeah. Sometimes they just put some weird name there. So I liked what you put there. Yeah, what's your title? What did <laughs> she you put? used great two words. Yeah, food innovator. Food mm-hmm. innovator. I love it. <laughs> Go chat. That's so great. Yeah, so you can travel with me. Um, you know, even though I change my job in the future, uh, you can still travel with me and it's a right representation of who I am and what I'm doing and what I'm passionate about. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically people find me, um, via LinkedIn, um, by like they search, you know, what, like what type of background they're looking for and also like what type of skills they're looking for and then they find me there. That's yeah. so cool. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for a food innovator, you can find her on LinkedIn. And I'll just spell your name so people can find you. Q-I-A-N-D-E-N-G. That's right. Yes. yes. The yes. only one. Yes. <laughs> There's only one, Chen. Chen, can you just briefly outline your college journey that you went on and how you got to the United States? Yeah. So, um, I mean... As you can tell from my name, I am not originally from uh, the United States. Uh, I'm actually, I grew up in China. Uh, majority of my families are still in my hometown, Guangzhou, uh, in China. And so um, when I went to college in China, I was majoring in biological engineering. Yeah, so, you're an engineer. Yeah. You never told me that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I actually designed fermentation tank. Oh. Uh, when the, during one of the coursework, uh, I need to calculate the enzymatic reactions <laughs> <laughs> when, like, when we are doing, you know, some sort of fermentation. Yeah, or, what were you um, fermenting? Did you do you remember what you were fermenting? Yes, was it very ugly stuff? Uh, actually, <laughs> food, was it food waste or no? It was actual food. It was actually um, so we like in the biological world yeah. they like to use E. coli as oh, a base so smelly. model. Yes, very as smelly. a as a base um, type of microbial. Yeah, uh, to study the. Uh, you know, fermentation process. Interesting. So we use a lot of E. coli oh. for all the, you know, 
uh, to build a models of certain chemical wow. compounds. So exactly what they're doing is what like you know currently most of the pharmaceutical peoples are doing. Yeah, uh, in a mass production scale, they inject it certain compounds so you did all that and you're like this is too stinky i don't yes. want to be this <laughs> exactly <laughs> food smells better how do i get on the path to doing food yeah it was um it was very funny exactly what you were saying <laughs> in the, in, yeah. and in the food world people hear e coli and they're, and they're like, like food recall <laughs> <laughs> but in the yeah. pharmaceutical world it's something that people they yeah. use it to study to use, yeah. on the base model yeah. Uh, and like you can use different type of microbial, like or maybe microbiological things, but yeah. E. coli is the most basic one. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, you can find it in dirt. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so later on, one of my mentor when I was in undergrad, uh, he actually came from a food science background. Oh. Uh, he came from food engineering background, and yeah. he said. Well, why don't you guys try food science? And I said, what is food science? I didn't Nobody even knows know. what food know. science yeah. is. Well, I didn't even really know that it was something you could like go study. to school for or yeah. study. Like I just thought people kind of ended up doing that work from doing other things. No, there's but. a food science and technology department at Oregon State University. Mm-hmm. I know that now only because I'm so connected to right. you through you, but I didn't know yeah. that before. They actually yeah. invented the process of making the maraschino cherry there. Whoa. Yeah. yeah that's, that's food brag. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened then? You decided, hey, what's food science? Yeah. And so he, uh, he designed some coursework for us, um, focusing on, you know, how to bake the bread. Uh, oh. You know, fermented yeast bread. Uh, how yeah. can we handle fermented yeast? Yeah. On uh, how to make soy sauce as well. Oh. So we. I mean, That's a so, fermentation. Yeah. So we slowly were being introduced to the concept of food science. Nice. And what I learned is actually very amazing. Is that what I learned through the engineering course, like the biological engineering course? Actually, they all can be applied. In yeah, full science. It's world, nice to have applications world. that you can actually relate to. Yes. Yeah. When you're in college, you're like, what am I learning this for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he also uh, introduced me to the concept of polyphenol, actually, uh, which is one of the hottest subjects um, yeah. in the nutraceutical space. Yeah. Uh, it was like more than a decade ago when polyphenol studies and, you know, uh, were very prevalent yeah um, in the it academic. was new information then yeah it was like actually it's like a plant extract uh you know you extracted those active compounds from the skin uh, the skins from the colorful fruit and then you provide your antioxidants yeah and to prevent disease yeah it's like a snake oil because it's this things has a full spectrum of um effect on your body yeah uh, you know it can you know, antioxidants, everything in your body can prevent you to have cancer, prevent you to have any other type of disease. And yeah, it pulls like all that. the bad compounds out of your system because that's like moves things away from your liver. It mm-hmm. pulls toxic things from your system. And what t- I'm a little lost, ladies, because okay. I'm not a food scientist. So, so tell me what it uh, is. Well, it's- the best example of an antioxidant is actually vitamin C. 
Okay. So it's taking the good it things out of food. It just flushes your system out. Yep. And actually, your body, your liver builds up and cleans your blood and, you know, takes all the toxins out of your food that you eat. Yeah. And sometimes it gets a little sludgy and it just sort of sits there. And so you try and take on the antioxidants and they just pull that stuff out and just flush it right out yep. of your body. And so it is something that when you're like extracting it from things, then you're you're ingesting it how? Like it, it is coming out into a So if you ate a plum. Powder. Yeah. Yep. So for instance, if you ate a purple plum, the skin of the purple plum is full of polyphenols. Okay. Or if you drink red wine. Red wine. Red wine is high in polyphenol. Perfect. Yeah. That's why that. they tell. <laughs> that's why they tell people to have a glass of red wine at night. Yep. Okay. Because then mm-hmm. your liver's working while you're sleeping, and it's kind of. I just thought it was to chill everybody <laughs> out. <laughs> it's like relax. Yeah. <laughs> it has multiple uses. Yeah. Yes. Cool. So, um, for example, your hot sauce that you made yes. uh, from plant, they all have antioxidant compound in it. Like plant is amazing because it has a whole bunch of natural antioxidant polyphenol that can help your body to protect um, against a whole bunch of disease and, uh, you know, natural environment. Yeah. So um, we could actually help stuff. you make like a super sauce. Yes. Cool. Let's do <laughs> it. Maybe let's think about that. Like what can we put in there? I'm taking a note right now. Make super sauce with my food scientist friends. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would be good. Yeah. So, yeah, I got introduced to the food science concept. I was amazed by this new field. And so I decided when I go to, when I apply for grad school, yeah. I apply for food science major. Nice. I also wanted a little bit change, uh, you know, in the, where I'm, I was at. So yeah. I apply for... Uh, foreign countries, nice. grad school. Um, um, you, the USA uh, was one of the, you know, countries. What that other I countries considered. did you apply for? I think I applied for the Netherlands as oh, well Netherlands. because it has a great program. Uh, it's called Wageningen University. Oh, uh, I also applied there as well. Nice. Yes. So um, it is interesting that like apply for about twenty schools actually wow. around the globe, and um, I mean I didn't know about Oregon State to be honest. I only so that's how that was how I described Oregon to people when I got an offer. Um, I said Oregon is a state that is in between Washington and Ken, uh, California. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. You got your geography right. And that's how, like, that was how people, oh, because they know yeah. Seattle and they, they know, know Los Angeles, yeah, but Portland, it's more well known now, I think. It is, but like a decade ago, it wasn't. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. So I got the offer. Um, you know, basically, um, uh, the offer including monthly stipend yeah. uh, as a research assistant and also 
um, some sort of tuition favor. Nice. Uh, so that I can study um, at Oregon State freely. Nice. So, um, yeah, so I come to the United States um, to pursue my master's degree mm. in food science. That was 2008. So I felt, re- I, I still feel really lucky to be able to come uh, to the countries yeah. uh, during the recession, the greatest yeah, recession. Yeah, it was a huge in recession. In the modern world. <laughs> so, hey, so you get to Corvallis, you're there walking around campus. What did you think? Were you shocked? I th- I was amazed by how beautiful because it was the, the fall. State was it in the was, fall that you yeah. went there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the colors are beautiful. Mm-hmm. On campus. It is. Um, I felt so lucky. Yeah, to be in Oregon. Actually, yeah. um, actually, my favorite place in the world is the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, um, I just felt lucky that being here because you travel a lot, don't you? Yes. I do. So Currently. you so you got through your degree and you've had a couple of positions here in the US, but right now you're working for a company in the Dells. Yes, I am. Um so I live in Portland. I commute to the Dells almost uh, you know, at least three to four times a, a week. How yeah. how far is that from Portland to the Dells? It's one hour and thirty minutes around yeah. that one way. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a trek. That's a commitment. I've yeah. never actually been to the Dells. It's just beyond Hood River. Yeah. It's 20 know, minutes beyond I know where Hood it is. River. I just, I never had a reason. <laughs> I know. They actually have a really interesting port area, and oh, okay. they're trying to influence and uh, bring in food manufacturing there. Cool. So if somebody was looking for kind of a new place to start up, I think there would be a lot of economic um, development. Yeah, we've had funding. a few guests, too, that have come on that either found a co-packer there or warehousing facility. Like, I've yeah. heard the Dells come up a lot. So it must be yeah, something that's kind of on people's food radar. Well, it's yeah, right those. on the river, too. So mm-hmm. a lot of the f- freight can move on the river, which is a really sense, great yeah. way to move things around. Yeah, and yeah. also, I mean, it's not as expensive as Hood River, mm-hmm. but you have 20 minutes west you can enjoy the weather that is like you know a little bit more wet or yeah, cooler it's and the weird. dales is like kind of desert yeah it's the beginning of our desert actually yeah. it's kind of interesting like yeah. you can be in hood river and it's raining and then you drive 20 minutes and it's sunny That's in so, the dales yeah it's a weird um, zone right in there too yeah. along the gorge because the weather just changes so much yeah. so what kinds of things do you make at Pure powder, um, or is it a secret? Powder pure. Powder, powder pure. pure. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Got it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> a powder pure was started by a local family or something, right? Yeah, it was started by um, a PhD um, lady. Uh, yeah. Her name is Carrie Ringer. Uh, she was uh, a professor at Washington State, actually. Oh. Uh, so she was trying to figure out a way to. Um, you know, retain um, the active compounds, the active poly- polymers at Anconitia that mm. has very high activities for uh, immune system. It's antiviral, mm-hmm. Echinacea. Yeah. You know that purple flower that you grow in your garden? Yeah. Does it grow here? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I've grown it in my garden. Yeah. Yep. So she tried to study the activities of Echinacea and couldn't find a really good drying technique. Oh, and so she and uh, another engineer yeah. uh, invented the machine oh. now Powder Pure is using. So they have some proprietary special equipment. 
Yes, it very is. cool. Top secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's patented. It's patented. Um, <laughs> if you go on the website, you will find out it's called Infadry. Infadry. Yeah, basically, it's just um, harness the nature, the power of nature. Uh, you know, mostly um, they certain wavelength, uh, and they wavelength uh, of energy. Wavelength of uh, of energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they it's utilize kind of infrared. Oh, yeah. so for drying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Specific yeah. wavelength, so it must be a very gentle wavelength. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would think with those kind of flower, it, you would need something gentler than just a regular, you know, food dehydrator is what most people would yeah. think of. But this this is taking it to a whole new level. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, then um, then uh, the company was acquired a couple of years ago by International Flavors and Fragrances, oh. and that's when uh, the same years later on I came on board. Okay, uh, was hired as a resident food scientist by then. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, and I actually like. I mean, I knew about Powder Pure or this technology is way before uh, it was. Acquired, and I was fascinated for the same reason. Yeah, so many parts of it are yeah. exactly what you've learned through your education. Yeah, and I felt that's the future of dehydration. Oh, um, and I felt like if you can retain the nature by, let you know, uh, retain the freshness of your fresh fruits and vegetable, or even any like you know, wet items, and then you retain all the nutrients through the drying and you know, kept you can keep it for a very long shelf life and that you can basically, you know, dry all the produce from the from the mother nature and retain it and keep it for a very long time. Yeah, and it's really great. Um Basically, you can take some of it and add it back to water, and it becomes a very delicious thing that you can eat, or you can use it as an ingredient when you're manufacturing. And so who then purchases those things that you guys are creating? Is it mostly for food manufacturers or other yeah. companies? Or Yeah, we are B2B, so uh, we sell to other business okay basically yeah mm-hmm. so I mean it's um, for me and working for Palo Pure. It's a smaller organization, a big umbrella, I would say. Like yeah. IFF is huge, but uh, Palo Pure is small. So mm-hmm. I was able to make a little bit bigger impact um, at Palo Pure. And I like I enjoy the way that the company is working. I feel um, like you're an entrepreneur there. I When I was writing notes about you, I was like, mm-hmm. I think Chen is really like a keystone figure there in the manufacturing because I was in a meeting with Chen and some of her co-workers and everyone like looks at her like did I say that right <laughs> should I say something different did I get it right it was pretty cool that's yeah. awesome and I tried to pass along some of the knowledge I yeah, have training, um, training education um, yeah. I mean honestly I did not know about powder when I before I come to Palo Pure, mm-hmm. um, I learn as I go. Nice. Um, <clears throat> and that's one of the things that I learned throughout my graduate study. Um, you know, you don't need to be master of everything, but you just need to master the skill of being master. Yeah. <laughs> and so what, what that means is that if you've been thrown in certain things, and I can figure it out because I learned the skill of how to figure it out. Like yeah. that is very important skill set I learned exactly. uh, throughout my, you know, 
um, my master's study. It's powerful. Yeah. That's a very powerful comment mm-hmm. you just made. So I guess that would be uh, something that you would want to pass along to people, that it's worth studying and becoming knowledgeable about something, but also along the way you learn how to learn as you go along. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and I think that is, um, uh, I mean, my my passions, like my, my LinkedIn name set is innovation. Um, I mean, innovation for me is not just in the space I'm at. It's yeah. actually like previously you guys talking about how the computer industry can link it to the food industry. Yes. I think that is innovation space as yeah. well for me. And I see the future there. Yeah. I um, think people need to get out of their silos. Yes. Right. And industries need to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And with like so many different things coming up um, in the in the world, I think, you know, the world, what the world needs is a great connector to connect every piece of information. Yeah. And try to let everybody work together and create the biggest things. Yeah. Is there anything that you have created that you're really proud of? Um. Well... I do. Uh, so I before coming to Palo Pure, I was working for a company called uh, Bowhouse Farm. Uh, so Bowhouse Farms is um, uh, is they do juices, right? They do juices. I smoothie. think you can find them in just about every grocery store. It's Bolt House. Yeah, Bolt, Bolt House Farms. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So uh, their name for their carrot, uh, the carrot farmer. But they also have a, a, a division that does a lot of smoothie. Yeah, um, are they here in? Or they're in Oregon, California, California. California but they are grow, uh, They are national brand, yeah. so okay. you can find it in the produce session. Yeah. Uh, so when I was working there, I was in the team of innovation team actually. Uh, nice. Plant based is really hot right now. It was even when I. It was like 2016. Um, that I started to work at plant-based beverage. Um, So at that point, uh, there was only like several big players in the market. Mm. Um, And so I actually helped them to launch the product. Uh, It is called plant-based milk. Uh, It's made with pea protein. Oh, Um, I mean, now pea protein is everywhere, but like in 2016, like it was like, I don't want to drink that. It's so gross. People yeah, pea protein has like such a metallic, weird flavor. Yeah. So did you have to work your magic on the pea protein flavor, Chen? Yeah, I did um, work with a team of uh, two or three for scientists. Mm. Um, so we actually, um, you know, create a formula that um, has hydrocolloid, which can modify the mouthfeel yeah. of the milk. Uh, we also, you know, there's a little big um, other magic component in it to mm-hmm. modulate the, also the flavor profile of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, we source uh, high-quality pea protein that is made in the United States and in mm. North America. Um, so we're able to have a very premium product on the shelf. Nice. I'm going to go buy some. What would be the benefit of, of pea protein? I mean, I've never even heard anybody talk about it. Like you said, it has kind of a strange flavor. Actually, right now, if you go to your meat department of your grocery store, you will find fake meat made out of pea protein. Okay. So it's like a common. Yeah. It's it's becoming more common now. now. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I think it really was an innovation about 
five years ago yeah and then everybody started using it and then there was a shortage of it and then the world's like kind of changed since then and mm-hmm. and so it's made from like green peas Split What's it peas. made from? Split Mostly peas? yellow. Like dried. Yeah. Dried, yeah. dried peas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dried yellow yeah. split pea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I can kind of think of what you're talking about, of why that would taste. Beanie. Oh, yeah, beans. Yeah. Beanie. Like, yeah, garbanzo bean powder sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. It's the nature of the product. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it also is uh, acquired taste sometimes. Yeah. As there are more and more people are familiar with plant-based product um, and they start acquiring those tastes Mm -hmm. and plant-based milk or plant-based even you know dairy substitutes products or you know meat they are more popular now so you brought a sample of something that you dried for for us to take a look at yeah you have something for us to try and i just smelled it and it smells like the ocean it does smells like ocean. So this is what one is this? of the product that, um, you know, is, uh, is called Dose Seaweed. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the Oregon State Venture. Um, mm-hmm. can I, yeah, we yeah. have a guy named Chuck Toombs, and yes. he's, he's uh, licensed the use of the cultivar of the Dulce Seaweed, and he gave Chen a big sample of it, and they dried it by the powder pure technology and like Chuck hasn't even seen it yet I I hope he's listening and he's dying right now so Chuck it tastes good so (laughs) so this is I mean you do you open it up it smells like the sea yeah Mm -hmm. it is kind of purpley well it's dark in here we have some mood lighting in the studio so yeah, i'm not sure what the color is it's a kind of purple purplish red, red. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really pretty and it really tastes kind of salty kind it's of sea savory like mm-hmm. savory mm-hmm. and so you take this sea- is the seaweed cultivated or is it from the ocean it's, it's grown on land mm-hmm. okay so it's grown kind of like a farm but it's in, the in sea. tanks it's yeah in, okay tank. Mm-hmm. And it's like what we got it uh, when we received the seaweed. It was wet. Yeah, yeah. it was and right so, out of the tank. Yeah, and we blend it up and like. And you then know, you use your technology to make and it dry. It. It's dry, yeah. and it's really beautiful. It's kind of like it's flashy, shiny, sparkly. What makes it that way? The salt in it? Uh, actually, the technologies oh. make it that way. Um, so gentle. It's gentle and also is when it comes out of dryer, it has sparkling shade of it. Ooh. Like usually when you see like this shimmering. Is shimmering and it's like most of the product we produce has shimmer. That's cool. Um, shade. So then, Sarah, you probably have all kinds of ideas for what people could then do with this powder. Well, I would like to put it on popcorn. Oh, yeah. And do like a furikake sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe a shaker with some sesame seeds. You could put it on rice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Traditional use of seaweed. You can throw it in your soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your you smoothie. can make sauce of it. You can make a make sauce. sauce of it. Yeah, I was thinking you could also do some kind of um, like fish sauce kind of thing, like yep. vegan fish sauce. I yep. can't always have those because a lot of times they're made with shrimp and I have a shrimp allergy, yeah. so I have to be very careful. But There's I, no um, seed. Yeah, there's no yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And like I, I feel like this is a too great... Uh, innovation come together yeah. um, because seaweed is actually the future. Um, I think one of the future food that people are starting to, you know, pick up. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, it's because as we have more populations in the globe, we have less land to grow. Yeah, and um, it's pretty high in protein. I know yeah. when it's wet, it's 20% protein. So as it's dried, it's probably mm-hmm. higher. That's so cool. I saw a company at the food show I was at this weekend. They're out of Alaska called uh, Barnacle. Barnacle Foods. Mm -hmm. And they make um, kelp kelp pickles Mm -hmm. and sauces and salsas, all kinds of stuff. They're Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And they're such wonderful, nice people. And I think they have a kind of outlet here now or something. Actually, we connected them. They came to the fancy food show with us. Oh, perfect. Um, And we've helped them with commercialization of some of their products. So it's Mm -hmm. pretty exciting to have them coming down into Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. That's really so, cool. So, Chen, I think I saw that you were in Singapore. I was in Singapore. What is Singapore like? I mean, I love that one movie they made. The crazy Recreation? Yeah. I mean, I everybody thinks I'm crazy, <laughs> but I can watch it over and over again because I think it's fascinating and exciting to see the, like, Singapore. I want to yeah. go to Singapore now. And you actually had a photograph of this huge tower. They have these big towers that are like coming up out of the this green, lush, jungleish sort of. Yep, that like, is the garden by the bay. Yeah, um, so it is more like a, like they make it like Avatar. Yeah, like, right? like that movie yes. Avatar. Yes. Did so, you see any blue people there? No. Oh darn it! <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe they would have them. <laughs> it is beautiful in Singapore. Um, I like the um, the melting pot cultural oh, in Singapore because it's international. It's a very international city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have like all the Southeast Asian country. Uh, cultural because you have people from Sri Lanka, you have people from Malaysia, mm. um, Singapore, uh, Australia even. I bet the food was amazing. India. Yeah, the food is amazing. What was your favorite meal when you were there? Um, I I had a lot of favorite meal when I was there. I don't, I don't know. Oh, just tell saying. us a couple of them. Um, Do you have like pho or soups or... Yeah, let me. How did they eat? So, what was a typical dinner? You get a salad when you sit down? No, it's very Asian dinner. Um, Like soup, rice, and, um, you know, uh, vegetable cuisine like that. Are they mostly vegetarian there? Not really. No. Not really. Um, They, depends on, uh, since it's a melting pot. Yeah. So, if you are from different ethnic group, you might have different, like, you know, eating. That's cool. schedule it's on my bucket list i gotta go to that garden yeah it sounds really cool mm-hmm. i didn't see your photos but i believe you sarah it sounds neat yeah it is really cool <laughs> and cool. um marina San bay hotel the three big hotel and on top of it has the infinity pool oh and there that hotel was where the movie was filmed at oh okay yeah. and so you visited there i did Nice. It's very, the show was in that hotel. So you had a food show. Yep, we did. So you go to food shows and you stand in the booth and you tell people about your products for Mm -hmm. Powder Pure. Yeah, and also I create the uh, prototype. Oh, what did you show at this show? Uh, So I created like a stick pack beverage oh that contains um powder pure ingredients that's nice plus our sister company's ingredients so our so sister flavors. Mm, uh, we have a division yeah. is 
uh, doing a lot of health and natural ingredients. Interesting. Um, so those all those ingredients have been clinically proving to contain certain active compounds to prevent certain disease. Oh. So um, it's kind of different types so of people product. got a glass of water you gave them the stick pack and they just poured that stuff in there and mixed it up and yeah. drank it and drank it and did you they smile after they drank it <laughs> smarter probably. oh they were smarter <laughs> after <laughs> they drank it yes <laughs> their brains were I smiling think i need some of that stuff for the weekend <laughs> One of oh. the one of the prototype that we created uh, is actually um, a blueberry with uh, certain. Uh, it's called the, the product is called Shop PS. Shop um, PS. Yes, huh. it is a name for uh, enzyme that can trigger your brain oh. uh, to you know uh, act smarter. If oh. you continue consuming it continuously for a couple of months, oh. and that's why you get smarter after you eating it. Is that for sale, or you? <laughs> I there want it immediately. Trying, <laughs> you're trying to have other food companies purchase that and add it to their sports drink or something like that. Yeah, basically, yeah, Nutraceutical mm. food company and things like that. Yeah, people. I wonder since you're innovating for them with great products like that, if they're going to end up going into CPG and start having retail products. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Sarah just came up with a good plan for you, you guys. Should do it. <laughs> Go so for it. I have a quick game for you, ladies, to play. Okay, what's the Because game? when people think of food scientists, I think they sometimes think of mad scientists right. who are doing things that are going to turn us into zombies or affect our brain in a negative way. Yes. So there's a lot of, I think, urban legend and myth between what you guys do for real and what's actually happening. And I only know this because people sometimes ask me questions like what does natural flavoring mean so i'm gonna have you play a game you ready yeah Yeah. so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna tell you some things and you're gonna tell me if it's real or if it's an urban legend okay i don't know if it's right or not and if you don't know that's okay too this is fun are you ready Yeah. yeah uh do they put duck feathers in white bread no. No. <laughs> no. So that's an urban legend. Do you know how many times I hear that? I do not get that a at lot. all. Yes, I hear it a lot. Duck feathers and oh. white bread. Mm-hmm. That's so sometimes at the farmer's market, you have people that are very into natural food and food. And so they are, they've convinced themselves sometimes that there's all this stuff happening. So they're only eating things like directly from the source for these reasons. Because Conspiracy these things are in their theory. brain. Have you ever seen yeah. that movie, Conspiracy Theory? Mm, I've never seen it. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do they use fish bones to thicken yogurt? No. Well, fish bones. Fish bones. They could be making gelatin. Yeah. Gelatin. So if somebody's eating a yogurt that is using gelatin to give it viscosity, there mm-hmm. is a possibility, but they would have to label contains fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You drink gelatins from beef mostly yeah. that they're using. See? So yeah. if they were using gelatin, it's would they have to animal. say contain beef or contain it from animal? Well, that's a good question. I don't think they necessarily have to disclose if it's not considered an allergen. Okay. Mm-hmm. So beef isn't currently considered an allergen. Um, so but if you're really that. picky, you might want to just see if it says veg- uh, vegetarian, vegetarian gelatin. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just if you're concerned, you can check the packaging. That yeah, was a good that. question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So next one, this is a wild card. Beaver anal glands, natural flavoring, like... Vanilla, blue raspberry, 
Is that real or not real? Urban legend? I think that is an <laughs> urban legend. I never heard of such You never crazy heard of it. Chen's going to fall off her chair I about that one. <laughs> and I'm not just making these things up. These now, are really I mean, real things. Okay, so I have heard about weird stuff yeah. like for the perfume industry. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe for perfumes, mm-hmm. but, but definitely that's where the, we these don't have enough start beavers. From, you know. There are not enough beavers. We have a lot of Oregon State beavers, but not. <laughs> I don't think that's so funny. Jack and I have talked about this one a lot because we're like, okay, so that means that there has to be a factory where they are harvesting beaver anal glands. <laughs> Which, like, who wants that job? No, thanks. It's not yeah. happening. Okay. Yeah. Maybe okay. in the perfume, yes. Maybe perfume. Yeah. I have two more. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Human hair and soy sauce. Well, if <laughs> Chen might know this, she did talk about soy sauce earlier. <laughs> I don't think it has human hair. Okay. If you have clean plan, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have human hair. Yeah, yeah. hair would be concerned. So you're thinking maybe if <laughs> there was it would be an accident, not on purpose. <laughs> yeah. no. I mean, mm-hmm. people are sloppy with their soy sauce at home, and a hair could easily get into your soy sauce. <laughs> no, but I don't think it's true. <laughs> okay, final wow. one. If there's a mystery flavor in candy, that it's just all the flavors swept up off the floor and melted together. Actually, there may be some truth to that. Okay, tell us about it. Um, And I'm thinking about ice cream. So ice cream, there's a flavor called Rocky Road. And Rocky Road was a chocolate-based ice cream that had every other flavor in it. So at the end of the day, the ice cream company who was make a creamery <clears throat> long time ago, they would just dump all of the last bits of every kind of ice cream together and throw some chocolate in there. And that was Rocky Road. Well, and that's mm. what I was going to say. Sometimes it'll be like more of like the production line. Like it's not off the floor. It's not dirty, but it's that it's a combination the of like whatever's sink. happened in the factory yeah, that day. That's mm. end of run. You know, mm-hmm. it's waste management. Mm-hmm. It's important. We don't want to throw that stuff away bad for the environment it's sustainability yeah yeah yeah. Right. Thank you for um, answering our questions. <laughs> Chen, urban me- urban do you have myth. one last message that you would give to anybody that might be thinking about becoming a food scientist? Um. Yeah. I mean, I would like to uh, do that. Like, I mean, for me, I think uh, from my based on my experience and learning lessons is that. Um, if you want to become a food scientist, don't just limit yourself in the food space. Oh. So expand your spectrum and then pull it back to the food space. Like try to link other things that like your looks, engineering. Yes, yeah. like looks remotely unrelated. But when you learn it and you can say, Hey, maybe I can use it in the food product. Like, you know, things like that. And I think that is very good. Yeah. I think that's part of the innovation piece. And it's like what yeah. I like to Food see tr- from you ladies. You never know really where your path is going to lead you. So right. if you just learn in and, t- and like take in as much information, mm-hmm. it may help down the road with somebody who has a problem. Yeah. And, and yeah. realize Solving. that everything that you do has a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's great. Mm-hmm. So that will be my um, probably my take on 
<laughs> Thank you. Well, <clears throat> thanks for coming in today. It was great to talk to you and have you here, Chen. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited. I mean, I felt like, you know, being really humble to share my experience. Um, and thank you. Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We hope it inspires women to get into the food innovation industry. Yeah. We record Masoni and Marshall inside of Nedspace. Tune in live every week, live every week Fridays at 9. And thank you to Alon, our audio engineer, and Chelsea, our production assistant. If you want to be a guest, submit those to startupradionetwork.com, and we will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences, because food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.